0: You're listening to the Scent Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Brighton campus. All right, well, it's uh, good to see everybody. And uh, as many of you know, we have been working through this Discipleship 101, so the basics of discipleship. And this is basically our fourth week and our last week discussing discipleship um So far, as we as you guys know, Tyler started us off just basically giving us an outline of discipleship and and how being a christian is is more than just being christened as a child or being dedicated as a child but it 's about following jesus um, the word tells us very clearly to go and make disciples uh, as well as to be a disciple and the word disciple is all about um, being a learner, a student of the master. And obviously in this particular case, we're talking about being a student of Jesus. And so Tyler kicked us off, as I said, uh, just with that sort of basic understanding. And then uh, Chris, he chatted to us about discipline and how um, how it's important that we sort of... Um, Allow the Lord to discipline us because ultimately he loves us and he, he desires to, to to fulfill the purposes in our lives. He wants to see that take place in our lives, but that requires us to say yes to him and to his discipline so that we can be all that he's called us to be. And at times, uh, it's also important that we are disciplined ourselves that we we make some conscious decisions in our lives to make sure we are doing certain things uh, that we read in the Word of God. And then, so, then that kind of leads me into our next sort of talk, which was talking about the Word. And we were talking about just the importance of getting the Word in our heart and allowing that to direct our path and, and how we can sometimes, um, we allow our circumstances to dictate the Word but really, we are to allow the word to dictate our circumstances. And uh, so we've been kind of talking about a lot of different things, and it's been good. This week, I want to share with us the four Ds to live like Jesus, to live like Jesus. And uh, here's the first scripture, and I'm not sure why Jesus ended up overshadowing, if anyone, who come after me. So something's gone wrong with my PowerPoint. But anyhow, uh, Luke 9, 23 to 24 will be our main text today. Uh, if you want to turn there, there will be some other scriptures that we'll be looking at, but that's the main text uh, to sort of get us on our way. So Luke 9, 23 to 24. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I like the Luke... Trans, not the Luke translation, but uh, how, how Luke adds daily. In Matthew, you don't see the daily, but Luke, he adds this, take up his cross daily and follow me. And then it goes on to say, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. And I uh, love this passage, and it's a very famous passage. Uh, I think all of us have probably heard it a number of times but it's, uh, I think, always a brilliant reminder because it it gets us focused on what's important. And um, as you guys know, I'm a a big runner, Um, like running half marathons, like running full marathons. And and something that I've realized very quickly living in this country is that um, if you're a fair weather runner, you're not going to get out very often. And so very often I'm out running... In the rain, and uh, what I've noticed often on the pavement is how the water will follow the curvature, especially if I'm a, if I'm on a downhill grade. How the water will follow the curvature of the pavement, and um, the reality is that the the reason why it does that is because it's following the path of least resistance. Right? Water will always take the path of least resistance. And um, as humans, we are very similar to water. We generally prefer, not always, but generally we prefer to take the easy path, right? If you could just look a certain way and have a certain certain uh, intellect and it just came easy, everybody would just be really smart and look a certain way, wouldn't they? But because it takes effort, we sometimes go, "I don't know if that's worth it." But so we're like water; we we choose often to take the path of least resistance. Have, have anybody else? Am I, am I the only one here? Yeah, yeah. That it happens. And so, um, and so, but if we want to do great things in life, right? We need to give ourselves completely to it. When I, again, w- running marathons, there's no way that I could get the times that I have gotten if I just decided to show up at the line on the morning of the race uh, and, and, and start running. I would not be able to accomplish the goals that I have set out to accomplish. I have to, you have to give yourselves completely to it if you want to do great things in life. When we give ourselves completely, it's hard, but it's worth it, right? It's always worth it. And um, I think I said last week, It's kind of that short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. It's really important that we sometimes sacrifice because in the long run, generally speaking, it's going to benefit you. You know, it's actually not much different when it comes to our walk with God. Of course, we can't earn our salvation, right? And it's only by God's grace. It's only in him that we move and live and have our being. And that's what it talks about in Acts but there is a part we play to be his disciples. So we, we can't earn our salvation, but there is this part that we play as, dis, um, as disciples to, to walk in the fullness that God has for us. And I believe this because right away in this scripture, the first word is if. I mean, that's a powerful word when you think about it. Because in other words, it's saying we have a choice, right? Right? We have an option of how we're going to live this life. Every single day, we have a decision to make. And it starts off with this if. We have this choice. We have an option. I also love how Jesus says anyone. So if is sort of this option, this choice that we have. And then anyone. So in other words, he says all of us qualify Right? Anyone means anyone. So we all qualify. None of us are disqualified from, from this passage of scripture. And sometimes you may think, well, you don't know my life. You, you know, and, and some of you, maybe I don't know all the intricate details of your life, but I know one thing for sure is that Jesus chose 12 disciples right at the beginning, and they were a motley crew. They did not have it all together. They did not have all their I's dotted and their T's crossed, but Jesus chose those 12. And, um, and so that gives me hope. When I read some of the stories of those individuals, specifically Peter, I'm always encouraged by Peter because I, because he, he often just, kind of stuck his foot in his mouth and did things that it was like, what are you thinking, Peter? But at the same time, he gives me hope because the grace that Jesus had for Peter is amazing and the same grace I get to receive as well, and so do you. And they, so they were a motley crew. And so, so all of us qualify, and this whole idea of, again, if, it's like we have this choice and we have this option. So let's look at... Um, the D words that set us up to live like Jesus. So the first one is desire. And so we've talked about if anyone, and then it says would come after me. And so this idea of desire is to wish or long for, crave something. To go after something, there needs to be a desire for that something. I remember in 1998, I believe it was, um, I was at this youth and young adult service where about a thousand people would come every week. And I've shared a couple of these little things with you guys before. It was a really exciting time in my life. It was just after I gave the, my life to the Lord. And so things were, were pretty new and exciting. And, um, I guess it probably would have been about a less than a year after I'd given my heart to the Lord. There was a class before Tehillah Monday, and it was called Happy Hour. And it was a New Believers class. And so before the service started at 7.30, I would meet with a, a group of individuals for about an hour beforehand that had perhaps given their lives to the Lord the previous week. And they would go through sort of like a, a four to six week kind of basic New Believers class. And so myself and a few others would teach this class and one day this blonde walked through the doors and I was sitting there uh ready to teach and as she walked through in this moment I said Lord is she for me something along those lines and and that person happened to be Kyla who is my wife as many of you know and um when I saw her, it was like this desire rose up in me. And it was like, something's going on here. And uh, and obviously God, through a series of events, worked it out and we're now married, as I said. But you know, when I think of Jesus, I see someone that had such a desire to bring heaven to earth. I had this desire for Kyla and I was going to do whatever it took to get together with her. In the same way I see Jesus, he had this desire to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and he was willing to do whatever it took for that to take place. He wanted to know, he wanted people to know the goodness of the father, right? He, he was not going to allow anything to sidetrack him, sidetrack him. He only did what the father called him to do and he was going after it and he had this desire and this passion to bring the kingdom to earth. He desired people to experience heaven today. He didn't think, hey, I'll wait till tomorrow or the next day. Obviously he had his timing on things, but he wanted people to experience heaven today. And we see this throughout his ministry. He just, that's what he did. That was his heart. We see throughout the scriptures, how he, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he rebuked demons, he fed the hungry, he hung out with the outcasts, he he served and loved people, right? He performed all sorts of miracles. And I'm sure there's other things that, that I haven't listed that we would read in the gospels of what Jesus did. And, uh, you know, in Jesus' name, we as disciples of Christ are called to do the same. You know, when we talk about being a Christian in, in America often, uh, I don't mean to point out America, but in, in America, you know, there's these, it's a Christian nation. And, uh, and often people will say I'm a Christian, but they've sort of lost the meaning of really what is a Christian. And we talked even last week that it's, it's little Christ. It's like taking on and being like Jesus. And so as disciples, we're called to do the same. We're, we're called to, to go and release freedom to the captive, to, to help people, to perform miracles in Jesus' name. And so the reality is we can't do this on our own, right? But we can in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. In Luke 10, we read about Jesus sending out the 72. And in this passage, he says, Go, I am sending you. Heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. And so then they they kind of return after they are preaching the gospel and doing a lot of different things. And essentially they say to Jesus, what you told us to do worked, right? It's kind of like right here and now it's like I'm saying, this is what Jesus has called us to do. And if if we went out onto the streets right now and started praying for people, in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, we would begin to see things take place. And then we could all come back together and go, this, this works. Because Jesus, Jesus uh, he, he calls us to imitate him, and, and that's what he did, and, he, and, he, and, and we're called to do the same. And so they're like, yeah, this worked. And then Jesus replies to that, and he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And so Jesus, in this particular case, is not talking about literal snakes and scorpions. He's simply saying, I have been given all authority. I rule over all things. And so in my name, I'm giving you authority. Go and do the same. That's what he's saying to us. His desire... Is, his desire is, is for us to do that. And you know, sometimes I think, okay, God, if desire is enough, like, is desire enough? And I think desire is an important ingredient, but desire isn't enough. Right? We need desire and we need his authority. You know, you can, you can have all the authority you want, but if you don't add desire to that, you you could just be sitting in this room, go I've got all the authority in the world and never do anything, right? But you can have all the desire in the world, and maybe not do anything either. We need both of those linked together so that we can see people experience heaven. And you know the reality for me is that there's a lot of things that I listed in that in that um, of Jesus healing different individuals and things taking place, miraculous things taking place. There's a lot of things that I personally have not done or experienced. I've heard about God doing certain things, but I do desire to begin to see more and more. I think there's a few things where I could say, yeah, I tick this box. You know, I've, I, I serve and I love people. And um, I help feed the hungry. But there are other things where, you know, I think maybe I've I've prayed for some people and I've seen healing. But there are a lot of things that I still hope to witness as I sort of link desire and his authority together and go and do the work that he's called me to do. And we're called to do the same. The second D is denial. And again, in this scripture, he says, he must deny himself. And denial is ceasing to make self the object of one's life and actions. And C.S. Lewis, a familiar author to many, said this, self-denial in and of itself isn't a virtue. In fact, to deny life's pleasures, just to say we did, would be the apex of arrogance. And so with this thought in mind, I would say that the only righteous role of self-denial is to eliminate any obstacles that block saying yes to God, right? Simply put, say no to self in order to say yes to God. Again, Jesus throughout his ministry, his earthly ministry, lived lived this, in John 6:38 another amazing passage or another amazing verse says for i have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me again there's this 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 um very obvious reality that jesus denied himself right and uh but i was thinking about it and i thought you know if Jesus wasn't called by the Father to always be on the go, because Jesus was always on the go. For three years, I mean, he was moving and just, he he was on mission and he was doing what the Father had called him to do and so he was going for it, right? So, for you know, for a good three years. But what if he was actually told to stay in a certain place for 10 years? I I wonder if, if he was told to stay in a certain place for 10 years. I wonder if he may have had a house, I wonder if he might have bought himself a car, I wonder if maybe he would have had the latest tablet or maybe the latest mobile phone, maybe maybe he would have had a nice garden with like flowers and stuff like that, Maybe, maybe if he was called to stay in one place for a certain amount of time, he may have had some of those things, I mean it wouldn't make sense to have all of these things if you're always on the go, right, but if you were called to settle and minister in a certain area, maybe you would have some of these things. Now, obviously, that was not what the Father told Jesus to do. But I was just thinking about it. Would Jesus maybe have some of these things? And I say that because self-denial isn't about not having stuff. It's about making sure God comes before all the stuff. Right? It's almost like, do you have money or does money have you? Right? There's a big difference. There's nothing wrong with having money. But if money comes before God, then there's a problem. Right? So having stuff is not an issue. Self-denial is about, is not about not having things. It's about saying no. And it's about saying no to things that would potentially become an obstacle or a hurdle from saying yes to what Jesus has for our lives. Make sense? And there's a fine line in some of that. And you gotta be really honest and really real because our hearts can be very deceptive at times. So there's a fine line. But I'd like to say, and I really believe that yes, we, it's not about having stuff. You know, it's about, it's about just saying yes. To Jesus, having nothing doesn't make us a super disciple or super spiritual. You know, sometimes we 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 see individuals that may seem like they must be th- kind of at this level because of this reason, this reason, and this reason. And if it's because of material possessions and the lack of them, that doesn't make anybody more spiritual. What maybe maybe they're somebody that's a very um that seems very close to the father just because of some of the decisions that they've made in their lives and maybe that it has nothing to do with saying no to material possessions so de- you know so denying self through obedience to make uh to the father makes us a disciple not just not having stuff but being obedient to the father that's what makes us a disciple so denial isn't always fun right but i do believe it is always worth it. I think if we talk to Jesus one day, you know, in heaven, and say, hey, you know, was it worth it? I guarantee he's going to say, yeah, it was worth it, right? Yeah. So the third D is determination. Determination. So t- in the scripture we read, it says, take up his cross daily. So determination's about never give up. And when I recently ran the, the London Marathon, I was determined to get a new personal best. That was sort of my desire. And I accomplished, right, that goal um, and actually surprised myself in the midst. In John 4.12, Jesus says, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So of course, Jesus is not talking about running here, but often I read this scripture and think, Jesus, I'm not sure about, I'm not sure about this, like we will do even greater things, right? It's like, I I don't think that's possible, right? Maybe, maybe we can do equally what you did, right? But more? I mean, that seems to be going to a whole new sort of level. And, and to be honest, I'm even kind of questioning the equal. Like, I'm going to even come close. Actually, how am I even going to come close to what you did, right? If we got really honest with ourselves, is that when we read that scripture, do we, do we go, yeah, this is possible? Or do we go, ah, really, this is a stretch. This is a real stretch, right? Right? But you know, I felt sort of the same with my new personal best in running. Um, I thought maybe, maybe I would equal my time. Maybe I would take a minute or two off my time. But when I knocked 10 minutes off that time, I mean, it, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was one of those things where it was like, how did I honestly do that? And, um, and again, obviously it was very, very excited to be able to accomplish that as disciples, instead of reading this verse, I think, and saying, no way, right? Because sometimes when I read it, I kind of skim over it and go, yeah, come on, come on, God, how is this possible? I believe we need to say, if Jesus said it's possible, then we need to align ourselves with his word. We need to align ourselves with his word. Instead of looking at my life and saying, Little me, how am I going to do some of those things that Jesus has done? I need to, that's in a sense, reversing what I've talked about. I'm using my circumstance to dictate the word instead of allowing the word to dictate my circumstance. So it's like I need to go, the word says it, it's possible, so I need to align myself with that and say, God, increase my faith. Increase my faith to be one that would step out of maybe my comfort zone and do what you've called me to do, to do what. What you did, because I want to be like you. I want to live like you, and this is what you did. So I'm going to, I'm going to obey what you've called me to do. I really think that if Jesus didn't think we could do this through the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't think he would have even said it. I don't think he would have said, yeah, you guys can do this. I think he would have just had a different plan. But he, he called us to be his hands and feet, so to speak, in on earth. He called us to bring heaven to earth. I think that the more we step out determined to see God move through our lives, the more I believe we will see greater things take place. I think very, very often, it's always about sort of uh, like that desire right from the very beginning. It's like if we don't step out, then how are things going to happen? and so we need to embrace God's word and say i'm going to i'm going to do what what you did i'm going to follow your example the fourth d and final one for this morning is devotion and the uh the two words are follow me devotion is total dedication even unto death in luke 22:42 Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and um, again, such a famous passage of Scripture. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And, you know, when I read these words, they they genuinely get me every time, because I don't believe that they were words of, I don't want to go through with this. But they were words that revealed Jesus, his humanness. It wasn't like, hey, back the truck up. I don't want to go here. It was, it was like he's revealing to us his humanness. It's this moment where, um, he reveals and sympathizes with our challenges, with our, with our struggles, the, the heartache that we face. And he gets that we may face difficulties in the future. And yet he says, keep going no matter what, it's worth it. It's not a, I don't want to do this. It's a, hey, I'm with you. I get it. You know, things things may look a little bit different today than they did 2,000 years ago. But there's nothing new under the sun. The same temptations, the same struggles, the same challenges, the same stuff that Jesus would have experienced, we experience. he, 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 he steps into our reality and gets our challenges, our struggles, our difficulties. And so he says, keep going because it's worth it. And, um, it's so worth it that, that I gave my life for it. I followed through. I didn't look back and give up, but I kept going. I obeyed what the father called me to do. And he asks us to do the same. And that second verse uh, from our main text this morning says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. One may think that it was was easy for Jesus to say this, right? Because he's God. It's like, well, hey, of course he's going to say it. He's God. But I also just talked about his humanness right? And in Philippians 2, it says, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And so in the garden of Gethsemane, he needed to be strengthened by an angel, the words say, just after he says, not my will, but your will be done right after that, he is strengthened by an angel and then he presses into the Father even more. That, this is what devotion is all about. It's about being devoted to him at any cost. It's like Jesus was devoted to the Father's purpose at any cost and now we're called to be devoted to the purpose and the plans that God has for us here on this, on this earth at any cost. That's, what a disciple does. It isn't easy sometimes. It isn't fun sometimes. It's challenging. It's difficult. Sometimes you're the sort of the one in the crowd that looks very different, right? But this is what Jesus calls us to. He calls us to be devoted to him at any cost. And and he says it's worth it. And I really believe even in this moment as I, as I think about all oh, the challenges and the struggles and it's not easy and it's not that, I also believe there's the flip side to it. I also believe that when we say yes to discipleship, when we say yes to his plans and purposes for our lives, when we step out into some of the things that he's called us to step out into, that there is so much blessing in that as well. And we, and we shared that even last week. When we get into his word and we begin to live what he's called us to live, there is so much blessing. There's so much reward I mean, we could actually just be thrilled and excited about what he's called us to do I mean what how amazing it would be to be praying for somebody and seeing them healed right there on the spot or somebody that that's just struggling in a certain area and seeing them just um, just renewed and restored. How great would it be to you know uh, pray for somebody that has a broken limb or or a leg that's shorter than the other, or something like that, and, and see it grow. I mean, all of these things are, are things that 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 are happening around the world that would be even happening in this nation, and God calls us to do the same. And, and it's uncomfortable sometimes to talk about, to even think about, to even kind of say, oh, is that what he's called us to do? But that's the, that's the truth. That's the reality. That's what he wants us to be to be doing. So as we end our, I guess, our talks on discipleship, my reminder to us is that discipleship is more than a course. It's more than a series, it's more than a theme. It's more than something that we do on a Sunday morning together, but it's it's about it's a way of life. That's what Jesus has called us to, to be disciples and that we that it becomes a way of life, that it's not something that we just put on every once in a while, but we begin to live this daily in our walk. And um, I really believe that when we walk this out, that we will be like Jesus, that we will live like Jesus when we truly embrace discipleship as Christ desired us to embrace discipleship. And I really believe that we'll be like him and that we'll live like him because he said, anyone, anyone, kind of going back to the very beginning, this whole idea of if. So we have this option. But then quickly, he steps into anyone. And anyone, again, just means we all qualify. We all qualify. and uh, Again, I think for me, there's been times where I've maybe prayed for people, or have done certain things, and I haven't seen the results that I've wanted, that I would like to see. But I I think as an individual, I have to choose daily to go, okay, God, this isn't what I hoped for, but I'm going to keep doing it because that's what you've called me to do. And that would be my encouragement for us, that we would continue to, to step out in what God has called us to do. And the other thing is, you know, when I talked about, um, just trying to think what which one, um, determination or even desire, I'd like to just encourage us as well. As a community, we're all different. We all have different personalities. We all have different callings. We all have different giftings. We are all called to discipleship, but how we are going to sort of manifest Jesus through our lives is going to look different. And I just want to encourage us to do it in, in there, do it biblically, but do it in how God has designed you to be. We're not all going to look. God didn't design us to do it all the same way, or to for it to look the same way. But He called us all to be people of His Word, to obey His Word, and to step out in that how He's uh, shaped us to step out into His Word or into being disciples. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church, one church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centchurch.uk.